Father, we thank you, Lord. Yes, Lord, you are awesome in this pres- in this place. Not because of anything that is good in us, but Lord, because you are faithful to your own promise. You said in your word, where two or three are gathered in my name, that I will be there in your midst. And we believe with all of our heart, Lord, that this evening you're there, you're here in our midst. And therefore I pray, Lord Jesus, that you would speak to our hearts. We have come to hear from you, O Lord. That is the expectancy we have in our heart, that we will hear from you. And therefore I pray, Lord, that you would anoint this word, speaking and the hearing. Cleanse us and wash it by the water of your, cleanse our mind so that we'll be able to see. Cleanse our ears, O Lord. Circumcise our hearts so that we'll be able to hear you clearly, O Lord, in this last hour of time. Thank you. We come at this time into your hands. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay. Um, we've been uh, in the church. We've been doing what I call my, personally, I call it the serpentine series on the serpent and his tactics and how to identify and how to overcome. And I just want to do uh, kind of uh, look at it from my perspective, not my perspective, it's from the Bible, to be able to identify the serpents inside of us and to see how we can identify him and how we can overcome the serpent inside of us, the seed of the serpent inside of us. So, if you are a believer and one of the things that you will have to acquaint yourself with as soon as possible is about two persons in the Bible. Two people in the Bible, you have to be absolutely acquainted. Every believer who's born again, who's baptized, who's filled with the Holy Spirit, doesn't matter at what stage in your walk with the Lord, you have to be acquainted with two people in the Bible. And that is not Jesus and and Satan. It's somebody very close to us. Let us see who they are. Found in Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 onwards, 20 to 24. I'm uh, reading this from the NASB, New American Standard Bible, so just follow. But you did not learn Christ in this way, if indeed you have heard him and have been taught in him, just as truth is in Jesus. That in reference to your former manner, manner of life, your old manner of life, you lay aside the old self, the old man, in other translations, some translations will call it, which is being corrupted in accordance with the lusts of deceit. Okay, lusts of deceit. So, old man being corrupted because of the lusts of deceit. And be, and that you be renewed in the spirit of your mind and put on the new self, which is in the likeness of God, has been created in righteousness and holiness of the truth. Okay, so the two people that we have to acquaint ourselves with, absolutely imperative. Okay, in fact, you cannot progress in your walk with the Lord unless you are, you know this guy and know this guy. And where are they? Self, they are inside of you. The old self, which does not go away, by the way, and you have to fight him for the, till the end of your life. And the new, new self, we need to understand these two people in our lives in order to be able to walk in victory. Walk in victory not only over our sin, 
not only over the over the world but also over the devil so these two people have to be we have to be familiar with so we let's see the origin of of one of them and both of them and we'll uh, try to understand uh, how we identify who these people are inside of ourselves and therefore how what 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 remedies or what uh, Solutions that the scripture gave in order for us to be able to overcome uh, this old fellow. So first let us, let us try to identify the origin of these two guys. And keep in mind the Serpentine series. Okay, that's just the, the whole set of series of messages that we have uh, been uh, taught over a period of time. First, the old man is a product of deception. The old man, the all of us, we know it, inside of us is a product of deception. How did this happen? It's found in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3. But I'm afraid that just as Eve was deceived, you see that? Was deceived by the serpent's cunning, okay? Your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. So, the first thing you need to understand, this old fellow was created inside of us as a result of deception. That is the reason why it says, uh, the previous uh, slide will say, the old self being corrupted by the lusts of deceit. He was a product of deception. The first thing. Because we uh, were deceived. And second, how was he born? He was birthed by listening or hearing to a lie. Okay? That is the origin. Okay? That is how he was birthed. You need to understand that. And therefore, we all have this nature. This is found in Genesis chapter 3. And look at what the serpent says. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will surely, what? Not die. Absolute lie. And you heard it. And for God knows that in the day that you eat of eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And when the serpent heard this, she obeyed it. She took Part of the, I mean, she ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and then, you know, the fallen man was created. That's the origin. Burst in a lie. The next thing about this old man, he grows and becomes strong in an environment of lies and deceit. You should need to understand that. Okay? He grows and becomes strong in an environment of what? Lies and deceit. That is because he was birthed of a lie. He was birthed out of deception. That is how he grows also. He, he, he grows in an environment of lies and deception. By the way, one of the first things that the, that Satan attacked when, when, uh, off, in, in man, when, uh, when, uh, he ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil is that he lost his innocence. Remember that? He lost his innocence and he started to hide trying to deceive others by not showing his true nature. That's exactly what the serpent does. doesn't show his true nature. He has a guise. And that is how this old man becomes strong, uh, gets birthed in deception uh, and in lies and then it gets stronger and stronger even as it's there in the environment of lies and deception. This is one in Ephesians chapter 2. Look at what it says. In which you once walked According to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of, the, of air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, 
whom among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh and then what happens fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind and we were by nature it became our nature children of wrath just as others we all then so the old man is birthed in deception i mean sorry uh, birthed in deception birthed by, by listening to a lie and grows and that nature of of deception becomes a part of it that is what the old man is all about Another thing that you need to understand about the old man, he not only grows and becomes strong, he enjoys lying, deception, flattery, but he hates truth. You need to understand that. He enjoys lies and deception. Flattery. I don't know if you've seen the movie Devil's Advocate, right? The last scene ends with vanity. <laughs> My favorite scene. My favorite sin, says the devil. That's exactly what it is. And the old man enjoys flattery. Enjoys deception. It enjoys lying. It loves it, in fact. But it hates truth. You'd find this in the Bible, by the way. John's Gospel, chapter 8. Why do you not understand what I'm saying? This is Jesus tried. I mean, he's like to... He's breaking his head and he's saying, why do you not understand what I'm saying? It is because you cannot hear my word. It is not, you, 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 you hate it from the bottom of your heart. You are of your father, the devil, and you want to do the desires or the lusts of your father. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. He cannot stand it. He hates it. But he loves lying. And then he says, whenever he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own nature, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I speak the truth, you do not believe me. You see? That's fantastic. He loves lying. Loves flattery. Look at this uh, indictment of the prophet Jeremiah concerning Israel. Jeremiah chapter 5 and verse 30 onwards. A horrible and a shocking thing, sorry, a horrible and a shocking thing has happened in the land. It's a shocking thing and a horrible thing. It has happened with whom? With my people. What is the horrible and the shocking thing? Look look at the horrible and the shocking thing. The prophets prophesy what? Lies. The priests rule by their own authority. And my people, what do they do? They love it. (laughs) You see? They love lies and deception and flattery. That's the old man. Okay. What symbols you'll find in the old covenant about the old man and you'll see in, in, in King Ahab, no? Ahab and Jehoshaphat, that scene, if you remember, first Kings chapter 22. But Jehoshaphat asked, is there no longer a prophet of the Lord here whom we can inquire of? The king of Israel answered Jehoshaphat, there is still one prophet through whom we can inquire of the Lord, but I hate him. Why do I hate him? Because he never prophesies anything good about me, but always bad. Therefore I hate him. I don't like him. See, that's the old man. That's Ahab. That's how he, he confronts Elijah and he says, you trouble of, troubler of Israel. Elijah says, I didn't trouble Israel. You troubled Israel. You and your wife. 
Joseph has said, the king should not say such a thing. See, that's the nature and the origin of the old man. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 to 4, this is what Paul will tell through Timothy. He says, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts. You see that? Own lusts. By the way, this word lust, lust, the Greek translation is epithemia, epithemia, epithemia is neutral. In fact, desire is not bad. Okay, we'll talk about that. We'll talk about these desires. And they shall, yeah, uh, sound doctrine, but they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lusts, what they, what, what they will do, they will heap to themselves teachers, having itching ears, and they shall turn away the ears from the truth, and shall be turned aside to stories and fables. That is the reason why people love stories. I mean, they don't like pure truths. I think, I believe all the men of God realize that and therefore in order to convey the truth, they use stories. Because people love it. You see? Like to be entertained. So, the old man was birthed, was, was, was birthed because of deception, birthed because it was heard a lie, it grows in an environment and becomes strong in an environment of deception and lies, and it loves, it loves a diet. What is its diet? I love lies. I eat lies. Think lies. Sleep lies. That's what the old man does. Okay, that is the nature of the old man. Think about it, okay? In fact, you need to understand this. There is nothing good. That is the reason why Paul says, I know that is inside of me, that is in my flesh. Nothing good dwells. Okay. You need to understand that. There is nothing good in the old man. He's absolutely our enemy. There's a serpent deep down inside of us. Another thing about the old man. And I think possibly this is one of the more, one of the most important things uh, in connection with this message. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. The old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. Another translation to get ideas to what's going on over here. The old self which is being corrupted in accordance, in accordance with the lusts of deceit. The old self which is being corrupted by its deceitful desires. See that? What has happened to the old man, therefore? Understand this word, lust. Uh, lust. It's essentially translated as desire. Epithemia. Strong desire. Strong desire. That is what it means. And it's necessarily not evil. So what has happened to the old man... This is what has happened to the, to the old man, according to this verse. His desires have been corrupted by what? Deception. That's the point. His desires have been corrupted by deception. What does that mean? Desire in itself is not wrong. Corruptible, corrupted desire is wrong. That's what it means. So how do I know that my desire has been corrupted? For example, I mean, C.S. Lewis, in one of his uh, famous sermons, this is what he says. This is for all. Money is not the natural reward of love. That is why we call a man a mercenary. By the way, all IPL players are mercenaries. Okay. That is why we call a man a mercenary. If he marries a woman, woman for the sake of her money. 
But marriage is a proper reward for a real lover. And he is not a mercenary for desiring it. In other words, if I fall in love with a girl and I married her, and I married her because I desire to have a relationship with her and I want to live my life with her. I want to share joy and sorrow and I want to live my, I mean, literally walk with God with her. Therefore, I want to get married. That in itself is not wrong. But if I have gotten married because I desire her property or her beauty, then then that desire has got corrupted, you see. That is what it means for desires to get corrupted. Okay. Desire for honor. See, everybody likes to be praised. And it is not wrong. Honor is what we all need. And this is something which we all have inbuilt inside of us. The need for honor. It's there. Because God created us in this image. But the problem is, the objective of our honor, for example, for example, if you have a general who's going for the, he's in the army, and he's got a very difficult battle. If he fights the battle for the sake of victory, that is not a wrong desire. Desire for victory is not wrong. But if he fights the battle because he will get a medal and he will be called sir, then that is wrong. Because he will be called great man, paramvir, whatever veer, etc. Then that is wrong. But if he is fighting because he wants victory and his desire is victory, absolutely not a problem. See? That desire is not a problem. That's not an issue at all. You see? So, so in John's Gospel chapter 5 verse 44, this is what Jesus will say. He says, how can you believe when you receive glory from one another and you do not seek the glory or the honor that comes from God alone? You see, when God gives us that honor, that's an incredible honor. You're, you guys are so short-sighted that you want to have honor from men. You desire honor from men. That is corrupted. But you don't desire to seek the honor which comes from God alone. You see, that is a corruptible, corrupted desire. So what has happened to the old man? The old man has his desires and we all have desires, but these desires have become corrupted. Second, and you'll see this example again, First Samuel chapter 15 verse 30. This is Saul when he's confronted by Samuel and Samuel pronounces judgment over his life. This is what he says. Saul replied, I have sinned, but please honor me before the elders of my people. You see, he doesn't require the honor that comes from God. You see, and before Israel came back, uh, uh, and before Israel, Come back with me so that I may worship the Lord, not my God, your God. So Samuel went back with Saul and Saul worshipped the Lord. You see, that is what it is, what it means for the desires to get corrupted. So what is the old man? He's got desires, God given desires, but they have been corrupted by deception and because of lies. C.S. Lewis in that fantastic sermon, this is what he says. He says, Our Lord, sorry. Our Lord finds our desires not too strong but too weak. (laughs) You see that? He says, desires are not a problem. But your desires are not strong but they are weak. We are half-hearted creatures fooling about with drink and sex and ambition when infinite joy is offered to us like an ignorant child who wants to go on making mud pies in a slum because he cannot imagine what is meant by offer of a holiday at sea 
we are far too easily pleased you know what it says in telugu there's a there's a there's a uh, there's an adjective for it alpasantoshi easily satisfied with little little things no it's like the, i remember when uh, abigail was 5 years old if i'm right um it's not going to embarrass you okay abigail don't, don't worry papa don't take my examples from the pulpit she already has a personality now <laughs> okay when she was 5 years old mother asked just uh, just ask what do you want for your birthday what gift do you want for your birthday anything i want a sticker sticker that's exactly how we are <laughs> what will satisfy her sticker will satisfy i am willing to offer myself to you we are all too easily satisfied you see i mean it's good to be satisfied when it comes to worldly things with small small things but when it comes to heavenly things are we too easily satisfied but god says there is only one thing that can satisfy you it is god me me only can satisfy you and we are far too easily satisfied and he says louis says our desires you know what we are all corrupted desires I mean what is corrupted desires corrupted desires means desires which will just corrupt away and just fade away and disintegrate with time and will not find or stand the test of time that is a corruptible desire corruptible desire desire for success and to make money nothing wrong nothing wrong boy i, I remember <laughs> i remember uh, francis chan you know talking about this he said whenever you want to you want to start a church you need two people first is you need a preacher second is you need a businessman <laughs> i i thought it was interesting why preacher to build the congregation and the businessman to sustain the congregation I believe there are people in the kingdom who have been given the gift of making wealth and making wealth and becoming successful in itself is not a wrong desire and by the way if you are not studying hard to succeed in life boy don't forget about it in other words think about it this sister over here she is studying for mset for her mset exam or neat exam and if she studies i i'm just writing i don't desire to be a doctor what what is she doing See if she's not really working hard to succeed there's no there's no point in actually working hard I mean that's exactly the reason why when you play a game I say boy winner takes it all period so put your honor at stake <laughs> and that is how we play a game otherwise there's no point right we don't sweat it out right why do we have to play without if you don't have the desire to succeed and that is a god given desire we are never ever ever desire, uh, created for failure no 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 but the problem is the objective of our success that is important so look at a corruptible I mean to, to to have a desire to succeed is not wrong but how can this desire be corrupted look at this this is uh, luke's gospel chapter 12 we know the story <clears throat> then he said this is what i will do this is the rich man he knows how to he knows how to read the stock market smart fellow he has got an algorithm in his mind kalman filter estimation theory <laughs> everything is there in his mind okay and he knows exactly which stock is going to you know make it and which stock is going to break it then he knows it exactly and so what is what does he do this is what i'll do i will tear down my barns build bigger ones and there i will 
store my surplus gain for what? To give it away? No, 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 no. I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years, retire early, easy, take life easy, eat, drink and be merry. What has happened to your success? That desire for success has become what? Corrupted. But God said to him, you fool, this very night your life will be demanded from you. Then who will set what you have prepared for yourself? Who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich toward God. You see, you got success. You know what? Proverbs chapter 3. Honor your honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits with of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your watch will overflow with new wine. What is he saying? Your life itself will be a life of blessing. But what has happened to you? You have taken that success, the desire for success and have corrupted it. See? Okay? You got that? Young people? Want to make it in life? Get this in your minds. That is the reason why, look at what Matthew chapter 6 verse 19 onwards. Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy where thieves break in and steal. Meaning your whatever you laid up for yourselves have become corrupted. That's what it means. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys or corrupts. Where thieves do not break in and steal. It's remarkable how incredible this is. You know, I, I saw this NDTV uh, interview sometime back, news sometime back, where, you know, in IITs, you know, this uh, placement season is a big thing. It's, 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 it's a fantastic thing in placement season. Uh, I, it's depressing for many students and it is a euphoria for many students. So there's one guy who got an offer from the US and his annual pay pack it's embarrassing for all of us, I'm sure, is 1.5 crores. 1 crore, 50 lakhs per annum. That was his highest pay pack, take-home salary. This is from IIT Kanpur. So, the IIT was so, we're so happy. Our alumni has got, our students have nailed it. They've got the highest in the market, 1.5 crores per annum. You know what happened? Then the very two weeks later, the guy who got the package, his brother was kidnapped. And people called him and they asked for 50 lakhs ransom to release his brother. And the argument was, 1.5 crores tanka hara hai. Even before he started, <laughs> started the naukri, thieves have broken in and have stolen the wealth. See? That was a funny thing. I thought it was really, really funny what happened. Before you got the salary that is gone. See? This is what happens. There is nothing wrong to desire success in life, by the way. You need to have the desire, by the way. If you are a young man, if you are not having the desire for success, you are, boy, you need something. You need motivational, whatever, whatever. You have to possibly need deliverance. I don't know. If you have desire to not succeed. Okay. So, the old man grows and becomes strong in an environment of lies. 
And the old man has got his desires corrupted because of deception. Got that everybody? So, this is what Paul says in Philippians chapter 3 about these people. For many walk of whom I have told you often and not tell you, even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, whose mind is set on earthly things. Here, we're all alpasantoshi. We are far too easily pleased. Romans chapter 16, verses 17 to 18, the same thing. Now I urge you, brethren, not note those who cause divisions and offenses contrary to doctrine which you have learned and avoid them for those who are such do not serve our Lord Jesus Christ but their own belly and by smooth words and flattering speech deceive the hearts of the simple. These are the people who have set their minds on earthly things. That's exactly what happened to the children of Israel. Children of Israel, they were saved. They came out of Egypt. They were baptized. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit. But what happened? They never confronted the old man. This is what, this is how the psalmist summarizes the children of Israel in Psalms 103 verse 7. He made known his ways unto Moses, but his acts to the children of Israel. Because the children of Israel were never interested in his ways. They were only interested in his acts. See, they were not following Jesus for the sake of Jesus. But Moses realized the, 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 the key for success, right? Key to success. This is what he says in Exodus chapter 33 verse 13. Now therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you. That is his desire. You see? And that I might find grace in your sight and consider this nation is your people. Again, Colossians will say, set your minds, not your hearts and your minds, not on earthly things, but on things which are incorruptible. So first thing, we looked at the characteristics and the, of, of, and the origin of the old man. And if you keep on feeding the old man, where will it end? Look at some, look at the Bible and see where it will take us if we keep on feeding the old man. This is found again in Ephesians chapter 4. Look at the entire verse. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 22. You were taught with regard to your former way. Look at this former way of life. To put off your old man or old self, which is essentially the former way. The former way means the old self. What is this former way? In other words, if you continue like this is, if you continue to empower this old man, this is where you will end up. Look at the context. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 17 onwards. This is the nature and the origin and the end result of feeding the old man. What happens at the end? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17. No longer live as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. Thoughts get messed up. They are darkened in their understanding. There is no understanding. There is nothing. There is no vision. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. Where there is no vision, people perish. There is no vision. There is no vision. Thoughts are messed up. You're separated from the life of God. You've become ignorant. Your hearts have become hardened. You've lost all sensitivity and you've been given over to sensuality. And what has happened? You indulge in every kind of impurity and you are full of greed. This is the old man. 
the end result of it. What happens to you? You keep on thinking futile thoughts. Your thoughts, because you're, you're, you're degenerating your thoughts. Your minds become, your thoughts, thoughts so important. Your thoughts. See? As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. See? Thoughts are so important. Jeremiah chapter 4 verse 14. Jerusalem, wash the evil from your heart and be saved. How long will you harbor wicked thoughts within you? You know, a ship, when it comes to harbor, it puts the anchor. That's exactly what he's saying. How long will you harbor wicked thoughts within you? You know, if you remember that famous uh, uh, man of God who said this, you know, evil thoughts are like birds. Okay? Evil thoughts are like birds. If they fly over your mind, it's not a problem. But if it makes a nest, then it is a problem. That it, what has happened to you? It has harbored. You know, this has literally happened, it happened to me in my life. Literally. Okay, we have a church office. How many of you come to, came to a church office? Right? You know, everybody knows our church office, right? Okay, we, all of us, uh, uh, Sammy, Peter, all of us, we park our vehicles, our bikes. And what do we do with our helmets? We just hang it to the, hang it to the, uh, to the handle. And we just enjoy. I mean, we go inside and we work, right? So one day, uh, I was in the church office. I came, I put my bike there. I hung my helmet. My helmet, instead of becoming like this, it became like that, okay? Slipped over and became ulta. After a while, I came out of the office and I saw a small sparrow there on my bike. I looked at it and I said, wow, it's such a cute sparrow. And I, because I generally take chai breaks and I go, I went and I had a chai break and I came back and I found the sparrow still on the bike. I said, boy, <laughs> it likes my bike. So I went inside and I started working and another one and a half hours, two hours, came out, I want to take a break again, I want to go for a chai and I found another sparrow, two sparrows now on the bike. I said, boy, cute little sparrows. And I went uh, and again had a chai, came back and again was working and then generally I just loitered around the corridor thinking so we came out and I started thinking I looked at the sparrows still there on the bike I said boy they love my bike so by evening that was Tuesday Bible study by the way so by the Tuesday Bible study 6 o'clock I had to leave and I generally take my bike and I came out I wanted to take my bike and I went and saw my helmet Nice cushion and a beautiful nest inside my helmet. Made by two sparrows. They made it their love nest. (laughs) I was like, oh my goodness. And immediately this thought came into my mind. Oh, that man of God. Very wise, very wise. You know, that's exactly what happens to our thoughts, right? They fly, they look cute like sparrows. Oh, What a boy. Such a cute boy. So cute, so handsome. Come back. Come back. Come back. And that fellow has made a nest in your mind. Over a period of time. That is exactly what he's saying. What happens if you keep on feeding your old man? Because his desires have been corrupted because of deception. Thoughts are corrupted. 
And you keep on thinking. That's the reason why it says, they, although they knew God, they did not what? Glorify Him as God, but became futile in their thinking. And what has happened to their hearts? Their foolish hearts was darkened. Darkness happens. Because your mind is completely cluttered and you can't see anything anymore. That's what happens. And this is what Romans chapter 1 verse 21. Harbor. That is the, that is the word you can take away. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave Him thanks, but they became what? Futile in their thinking and their foolish heart was darkened, professing themselves to be wise. They became what? Fools. That's the next verse. Verse 22. So, the moment you start harboring wicked thoughts in your mind, you, what happens to you? You lose all sense of right and wrong. You know, you're driven by your passions. And even if you see right in front of your eyes the, the consequences of the evil actions, but you'll still not be able to stop yourself from, from taking part of sin. How do I know this? <laughs> in fact, you become worse than a bird. You become what? Worse than a bird. No? Worse than a bird. I'll tell you, this is, this is found in, by the way, Proverbs. By the way, if Solomon, he had idea about all birds. He observed birds very well. And this is what he's talking about birds. This is found in Proverbs chapter 1 verse 17 onwards. For in vain is a net spread in the sight of any bird. Look at, think, think about it. It's like this, no? He's saying, perform this experiment, guys. Okay? Put a net where all the pigeons are there and the birds are there. Right in front of their eyes, put a net. Okay? What should you do? Put a net. Do this experiment. Go home, take a net, right in front of all the birds and the sparrows and the pigeons while they are watching, put a net right in front of their eyes and take some juicy little uh, grain and peanuts and everything and just put it on put it on the nets and invite the birds. Come, eat, see the juicy little bird, juicy little nuts and peanuts and grain, etc. You know what the birds will say? Na, 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 na. Na, 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 na. Right in front of my eyes, you put the net and you're expecting me. You think I'm a fool? To come and get myself trapped in those net? That's what Solomon observed. In vain is a net spread in the sight of a bird. But you know what happens to these fellows? These men lie in wait for their own blood. They am, they set an ambush for their own lives. They're always, they're the, they, they, uh, such are, such are the ways of everyone who's greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessor. That's exactly what happened to Balaam. Balaam was enticed with gain. First time offer. Are, uh, let me inquire. God says no. Okay, God says no, I'm not coming. Second time offer increase. You see, Baba, more honorable men, double the price. Come. What happens to Balaam? He goes and he's so blind that even when a donkey opens its mouth, he's not able to see. See, you don't even have the instinct of a bird. No, some man of God, I think uh, Sundar Krishna talks about this. Uh, if you go to uh, Guntur, my parents are not there. My parents were in Guntur. In the outskirts of Guntur, there's a bird sanctuary. You know, how many of you know that? Uh, have you ever been to Guntur? Uh, you know, this, in the outskirts of this of Guntur, there's a bird sanctuary. And birds from Scandinavia and all these cold places, they come there. 
and they breed and they take back their little ones and young ones back once the winter is gone. So what happens in winter? In winter, in Scandinavia and in Canada, what happens? All the birds realize that it's very hot. They come to which place? I'm oh, sorry, it is very cold. They come to which place? Guntur. Because they know that Guntur is not very... I mean, in Guntur, there are only three weathers. Hot, hotter, hottest. Okay, so in winter it is hot. And in monsoon it is hotter and in summer it is the hottest. Okay, so they know that in winter in Canada it is very cold. So we need to do... Instinct is telling me we need to go to Guntur. So they all fly towards Guntur. That is the instinct of a bird. So if you are a man and if you are in Canada... And it is cold. You have two options. You can take a flight and come to Guntur. Or you can stay back at home and shovel snow. Which one will you choose? Yeah? Answer? You don't take, you don't, I mean, uh, Indians will say, I'll take a flight and come home. It's a winter breaker. No, 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 no. You will stay back home and shovel snow, don't you? Because you don't even operate on instincts. You know what he's saying? The instincts that a bird have, when you are blinded by sin, you can't even function on basis of instincts. Your understanding is completely dark. See? In other words, you know the consequences of the actions, but you'll say, I can't help it. I have to take it. You know that? That's exactly what happens to addicts. You know what is going to happen to you? This is going to kill you, man. It doesn't matter. I can't live without it. Hmm. So what happens to the old man? So if you feed the old man, by the way, this is this fellow is right there inside of you. And if you feed him, he's a snake. He is like a coil. He coils around you. Slowly sucks the life of God out of your heart and swallows you. I mean, if you go to Thailand, which is supposed to be a place where a lot of people take a massage, it's known for its spa. Recently they have opened spas where they throw snakes on your back and you can get a massage by the snake. And there was a poll in a particular website. How many of you would want to have a massage by a snake? I also took part in the poll. <laughs> I said, no, 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 no. Thankfully, I was in the majority. There were 20 people, 20% of the people who are idiots. They wanted snakes on their backs. That's exactly what it's, it was talking about. Idiots who have snakes on their backs who want to play with snakes. And that fellow is right there inside of a heart in the way of the old man. So what do you do with this, with this fellow? His desires have been corrupted. Can you educate him? Can you make him Disciplined? (laughs) Answer is no. In fact, if you try to discipline him, he will become more rebellious. I don't have to let scripture speak for itself. This is found in Romans chapter 7. 
It's not because the law is bad. This is what he's saying. What shall we say then that the law is sin? No, 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 no. By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known what it is to lust. That's the word epithemia, same word. Covet or desire, desires gone haywire. In other words, I would have not known what it is to lust. If the law had not said, thou shalt not lust or desire or covet. But this fellow called sin, which is essentially the nature of the old man, seizing opportunity through the command, oh, the law has come. What does it say? Thou shalt not covet. Ha <laughs> ha. I'm going to show my true colors now. Sin, the old man seizing opportunity to the commandment, produced in me all kinds of evil desires. Boy. And then he says, is there anything wrong with the law? No. Law is spiritual, but I am of the flesh sold under sin. Meaning, think about it, meaning we are sold out to sin. Give me an example. Numbers chapter 22 verse 7. Story of Balaam. So the elders of Moab and the elders of Midian departed with the diviners. I like that fee. What is a fee? Diviners fee. <laughs> the prophet's fee. That's his price. They took the diviners fee in their hands and they came to Balaam and spoke to him the words of Balak. And he said to them, Lord, here tonight and I will bring back word to you. As the Lord speaks to me, so the princess of Moab stayed with Balaam. And God said to Balaam, you shall not go with them and you shall not curse the people for they are blessed. So Balaam rose in the morning and said to the princess, go back to your land for the Lord had refused to give me permission to go with you. And the princess of Moab rose and went with Balak and said, Balaam refuses to come to me, but Balak recognizes that this man is sold under sin. So what is he going to do? Increase his price tag. Balak again sends princes more numerous, more honorable than they. And they came to Balaam. Thus says Balak the son of Zippor, please let nothing hinder you. Hurry. What is stopping you, Baba? Money. Honor. Name your price. You'll have it. For I will certainly honor you greatly and I will, I will do whatever you say to me. Therefore, please come curse this people for me. Look at how Balaam answers. Balaam answered and said to the servants, Though Balaam give me his house full of silver and gold, I could not go beyond the word of the Lord and to do less or more. And you should have asked them to go. But this guy is sold under sin. Now therefore, please you also stay here tonight. Don't go, don't go, don't go. That I may know what the Lord will speak to me. Sold. Do you have a price tag? Can people push you to compromise? That's an old man. Sold under sin. And if you keep on feeding him, see, what is the 
ultimate end of that fellow. You see that in Ephesians chapter 17. He becomes hard in his heart. Not able to repent anymore. That's what happened to ex in Pharaoh. Exodus chapter 8 verses 15 onwards. But Pharaoh, when Pharaoh saw that there was relief, he hardened his heart and would not listen to Moses and Aaron. Just as the Lord had said. But this time also, this was 32, but this time also Pharaoh hardened his heart and would not let the people go. You know, a man of God said, first Pharaoh hardened his heart, how many times? Seven times. Then God hardened Pharaoh's heart once. Then Pharaoh hardened his heart twice. Then God hardened his hardened Pharaoh's heart six times. Total number of times God hardened seven. Total number of times Pharaoh hardened Nine. You are fantastic in maths, I say. Seven is the number of God. After he hardens Pharaoh's heart, this is what he will say. What will Pharaoh say? I harden my heart. But God says, you want to take honor for the fact that you hardened yourself against me? (laughs) No, 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 no. Even the honor that you hardened your heart will belong to me. Romans chapter 9. Scripture says to Pharaoh, For this very purpose I have raised you, that I may show my power in you, and that my name may be declared on the earth. My name will be glorified. Therefore he has mercy on whom he wills, and he will harden whom he wills. And even the glory that Pharaoh hardened his heart will belong to God. Scripture. That's exactly what happens to many, many believers over a period of time because they kept on feeding the old man, have not recognized him. They have come to a point where they cannot be brought back to repentance. And I've seen it happening right in front of my eyes. Unable to repent. Unable to humble themselves. So what is the God's, what is God's solution to the old man? Ephesians chapter 4 verse 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your minds and be, and put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. What does he do? Just as the old man was created by listening to lies and deception, he creates another guy called the new man by listening to what now? By listening to what? By the listening to the truth. So J- James chapter 1 verse 18 will say, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we should be the first fruits of his creatures. A kind of first fruits. First Peter chapter 1 verse 23. Since you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. You see that? That was perishing but I'm going to give you an imperishable, incorruptible seed through the living and the abiding word of God. So first I will create a new man. Then I will continue to feed the new man with 
truth. That's what it says. As newborn babies desire the pure spiritual milk so that you may grow up in your salvation if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. So you keep on listening to the truth. That's what Jesus will say to the disciples who believed him. John's Gospel chapter 8 verse 30. As he was saying these things, he was speaking. So what happened to them? Many believed in him. So Jesus said to the Jews who believed, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples. You will know the truth and the truth will set you free. You see, keep on abiding in my word. Come as much as you can. Listen to the word of truth and let it sink into the deepmost parts of your man, of your inner man, so that he may grow up and become stronger and stronger and stronger. That is one part of the solution. Okay. Second part of the solution. The old man is corrupted in his desires and he's a rebel. There is only one solution to a rebel. You know, what is a solution to a rebel? In Telugu we'll say, murder. <laughs> you got it, right? Okay. Execute the old man. What should you do? Kill that fellow. But then you'll say, how can I do that? Thankfully, somebody did it for us. He knew that the old man cannot be, you know, cultured or whatever, cannot be uh, uh, rehabilitated. Nothing's going to happen to him. Only one thing you have to do to that fellow, kill that fellow. Murder him. Crucify him. Thankfully, it's been done for us. This is a promise. Romans chapter 6, verses 6 to 7. We know that. What is that? Do we know? You know the problem with many Christians do not know. That's exactly, that's exactly the reason why Paul says, I do not want you to be ignorant brethren. As I say, there are all kinds of brethren. There are brethren and brethren. There are Plymouth brethren. There are Baptist brethren. Pentecostal brethren. Methodist brethren and ignorant brethren. Okay, so he says, I do not want you to be ignorant brethren. Don't you know? We know. I hope we know. That our old man was... Oh, when did this happen? Do you know that? Your old man was crucified 2,000 years back on the cross when Jesus died. Along with him, that the body of sin might be brought to nothing. You know, what is the old man? is corrupt. What should you declare on this fellow? is guilty of every kind of a sin. And what should you punish him with? Capital punishment. Kill him. Right? So that has happened. The body of sin might be brought to nothing so that we no longer be slaves to sin. Why? Because one who has died has been, you know what the word, the translation is very, very, very tragic. It uses the word free, but the original is those who have died have been justified. Meaning what? They have been found guilty and capital punishment has been given. They have been given the just punishment of their sin. They have been nailed to the cross in the body of Christ. That's what it means. That is what we call as positional truth. But as with every truth, 
God does not automatically do it for us. He does it in collaboration with our will because he will not bend our will. Okay? You understand what I'm saying? This is what we call collaborating with God in order to kill the old man. How do we do it? This is what it says in Romans chapter 8, verse 13 onwards. For if we live according to the flesh, we will die. But if we, by the help of the Spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, what will happen to us? We will live because as many as are led by the Spirit of God to put to death the deeds of the body are called what? Sons of God. These are the people who are called the sons of God. What happened? They take the help of the Spirit. In other words, you can never, ever, ever live this Christian life and crucify the old man in your own strength. Never you can do it. That is the reason why Zach Punan calls it pendulumatitis. That's a disease. Have you seen pendulums? They go from one extreme to the other. One extreme, God will do everything for me. He has done everything for me. That is one extreme. The other extreme, I have to do everything for myself. No. If you by the spirit put to death the deeds of the body, I will live. What does it mean? You know what it means? Take my yoke upon yourself and learn from me. How many are there? In, how many oxen are there in the yoke? Two oxen. One is Christ and the other is you. Who has more of the burden? Christ has more of the burden. That's the reason why he says, my burden is light. So what does he do? Cana of Galilee. What does he do to the disciples? No wine. Okay. You want wine? Six empty stone jars. In, let them be filled with wine. He doesn't say in the name of Jesus, but because he's Jesus himself. Okay. Let them be filled with wine. Does he say that? No, 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 no. You know what he says? Servants, come here. Fill the pots with water. You do what you can do. I will do the impossible. Okay? Can they change water into wine? No. Can we kill the old man? No. But can we do what Jesus asks us to do? Yes. Can we fill the water with, with uh, the jugs with water? Yes, that's exactly what he's telling each one of us. Fill your life with the word of God. I will kill sin in your life. That is the water. If you, by the spirit, put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Can anybody bring Lazarus from the dead? No. But can you roll the stone away? Yes. That is what we call as Faith without works is dead. So what does he do? In collaboration with us, with the power of the Spirit, even as we listen to the Word. What does the Word say? Even as we listen to the Word and we listen to the Word, faith keeps arising inside of our heart. God, you can do it, God, because the Word says, yes, I can do it. That's exactly what happened. To those disciples, to that to the place where Paul was preaching, he looked at this fellow. After he finished his preaching, he looked at this guy and he said, "He said, Scripture says he found that there was faith in this man to be healed after the message was preached." And he said, "In the name of Jesus." See, that's exactly what he says. Philippians chapter two. Therefore, my dear brothers, friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. 
continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Do what you can do. What you can do is come coming to church regularly. You can do that. Coming to church on time, you can do that. I will do the impossible. You can never overcome sin. Absolutely not. But I will give you the power. I will give you the faith. I will give you the spirit without measure to help enable you to kill the deeds of your body. For it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Therefore, one of the ways, another things that we do is we, how do we ensure that we cooperate with God? Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 22. This is triple four principle. Triple two principle. Sorry. Quadruple two principle. Quadruple two. It's a very easy verse to remember. Okay. That's how I remember now. Uh, Proverbs chapter, Proverbs chapter 18 verse 21. Six times three is 18. Seven times three is 21. They are neighbors. So, this is how I remember. Okay. How I remember? So, life and death is in the power of the tongue. 2 times 9 is 18. Proverbs chapter 29 verse 18. 2 times 9 is 18. 2, 29, 2, 9, 18. Where there is no vision, people perish. So how I remember? It's because I like numbers. So triple four, triple two, triple two, four, quadruple two principle. Flee. What is that? Flee. Run. And all young, young people say run. Oh, whoever is young. Oh, young people, run! Evil desires of youths. Pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace along with all of those who call on the Lord out of a pure heart. And this is another verse which we have been hearing over and over again in the Serpentine series. First Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 22. Abstain from every appearance of evil. Run. That's what you can do. Can you run? Unless you have a swollen foot. But you can still run. You can do it. Run. That's what God is looking for. He's looking for that action. Albeit retarded. He's still looking for that. That is faith. So run from every appearance. What is, what is, what is there for? What should I run from? What should I run from? Susanna Wesley will put this beautifully. This is what, when John Wesley and Charles Wesley came and asked him, what should I run from, Mama? What is sin for me, Mama? This is what she says. I think Ravi Zaks quotes it many times. Whatever weakens your thinking, impairs the tenderness of your conscience, obscures your sense of God, takes off your relish for spiritual things, Whatever increases the authority of the body over the mind, that thing is sent to you, however innocent it might seem in itself. Therefore, run. That is how you empower your new man and kill the old man. Shall we pray? Thank you, Father, for this time that you blessed us with. So many truths we have learned. I pray, Father, at least some will stick with us and will bear fruit in our lives. And Lord, you said you promised in the new covenant that you will write your law in the deepmost parts of our inner man, that you will cause us to walk in your ways. And according to your promise, 
Lord Father, do it in our lives. Thank you, Father, for this time. We praise you. We worship you. In Jesus' name, amen.